0: Yourselves a hand you got out of bed this morning. Come on. You deserve it. Even though it's a beautiful, sunshiny day, you still deserve it. We celebrate getting out of bed this morning, and we celebrate getting out of bed every morning because, let's face it, sometimes you just don't feel like getting out of bed. So um, let me tell you, last week I didn't feel like getting out of bed, and I was up here preaching. And I am happy to report I feel a whole lot better this week than I did last week. I have never felt like quitting in the middle of a message like I did last week. I felt so poorly that I wanted to quit in the middle of it and just say, you know what, this is this what I got today. See ya. But I didn't. I, I stuck it out. And uh, you can go back and listen to that miserable message if you want to on our iTunes or um, our refuge uh, Church forward slash messages. Um, it's not that miserable. It's just that my voice was really, really weak. Uh, I'm about 85% today, just to warn you got a little weakness. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited about the word that God's given me today. So um, I think that it's, it's something that uh, we all need. Uh, but before I get into the message, I want to just invite you to um, next Sunday morning at 1145 in what we call our Littles Classroom. Um, in the school, it's um, the alumni conference room is what it, they call it. Um, and are Doing what we call my refuge, and we say if you want to make the, the refuge church your home, the best path to take or the only path to take is my refuge. And we say that oftentimes, and I just want to make sure that you understand what we're saying. On one of the banners out there, we have a sign that says, uh, We want you to, to, to know God, we want you to live free. We want you to discover your purpose and we want you to leave an impact like that's our that's our vision, not just for our church, but for each individual person that sits in these seats, like because we believe that's what God's vision is for our lives. He wants us to know him. He wants us to live in freedom. He wants us to know why he created us and to discover our purpose. And ultimately, he wants us to leave a mark on this world. And so. And so. We say those things, but we, we actually have a system in place to help you do all of those things. Hopefully today you're here this morning because you want to know God. Like, our weekend services are designed to help you know God. Um, and then we want you to live free, and we believe that the best way that we live in freedom is in the context of relationships. Because if you're the only person that knows your secrets, you're in trouble. And so we have to have relationships that help us live in freedom so that we can have people to tell our secrets, to. Because if we're the only ones that know our secrets, we're in captivity by our secrets. We're trapped by our secrets. And it is so much more liberating when we can talk to someone. And so we live free in the context of small groups. And that's why we have small groups that meet throughout the week. You can discover those small groups. We have a a a page at our um, guest central with a list of all those groups, but we also list them on our website, church forward slash groups, and um, you can uh, go to that website and sign up for the for the, for the the group on the website so that the leader of the group knows that you're going to be there, and then they can email you any changes that they may have in, in the day. So if something, you know, in the wintertime, if it has to get canceled, you can get And then we want you to, after we want you to live free, we want you to discover your purpose. And the way that you discover your purpose is in the context of the church. And so what we have done is when you make the Refuge Church your home, you discover your purpose in my refuge. And in my refuge, we do this thing called core motivations. And we talk about what motivates you as an individual because what motivates me as an individual doesn't motivate you. And what what motivates you doesn't motivate me. And so we want you to discover what motivates you, what gets you going. And so that you can take that and use it to serve in the church the way that God desires you to serve in the church. And so um, the way we leave an impact or make an impact in the world is through the body of Christ, through the church, through serving Jesus together as a body and we believe that the Refuge Church is a body of Christ that will impact Wyndham and beyond because we're people that know why we were created. I could preach this every week. And I, don't, I, and I think I could preach it in a way, not because I'm a good preacher, but I think that I could preach this in a way that would keep you engaged every time, even though it's the same material because we all want to leave an impact in the world. We all want to know why we were created. That's why Rick Warren wrote a book called Purpose Driven Life that was a New York Times bestseller, and and everyone craved it because people desire to know what their purpose in life is. Even if they don't believe in God, they want to know why they were created or why they why they exist. And so um, we want to invite you to, to be a part of my refuge and, and to, to come to it and I think is a great time to do it um, because it's, you know, you don't have a whole lot of structure in your life. You can, you can come and join us, and um, we provide childcare and snacks, uh, and, and we, just, we just have a good time. So um, I'm going to get into today's message, and I'm talking about a topic today that I believe could change the world. Um, I believe that our world absolutely, positively, 100% needs to hear this message um, get on our iTunes this week and and share it on Facebook, social media, Instagram, whatever. Just share it because I believe that this this message has the ability to impact the world far greater than any other message that I've ever given. I'm not talking today about politics. Uh, thank, thank God, right? <laughs> I'm not talking today about racism. I'm not talking today about abortion. I'm not talking today about about anything that you're going to turn on the the Channel 13 News and see them reporting on. Today I'm talking to you about the topic of honor. I believe with all of my heart that every single one of our lives would be better if we just learn how to honor not just God, but to honor one another. Our big idea for today—if we could give you a big idea—it would. Just catch a glimpse of that. I really, really, really think that our world would be much better, in much better shape than it is today. You can feel free to follow along in, our, uh, in your Bible or on the screen behind me. We also have notes available on the UVersion Bible app. You can uh, download that, they can show you uh, how to do that on the screen behind me. All of those are available today. Oftentimes, when we talk about honor in church, I think we often go to honor your father and mother because that's one of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother, and we think that um, we just have to like like this is a message for children. We think that honor is a message for children because when we honor our because honor our father and mother is a part of of the Ten Commandments. I think that it's one of the Ten Commandments. Because God knows if you learn how to honor your mom and dad as a child, you'll honor people as an adult. It's not just about honoring our father and our mother, but it is about honoring mankind. This isn't a message about honoring authority, although the Bible is very clear that we are to honor the government, to honor the, the government authorities in our lives, to honor the, the authority that he This isn't a message just about honoring authority. It's a message about honoring people. You see, we live in a world today that says that the only people that we honor are the people that we agree with. You don't have to agree with someone to honor them. Just like you don't have to agree with someone else to love them. I can love you. I can honor you. if we don't see eye to eye. And in fact, I would say that my, my, uh, like it is my duty to honor you even more so when I don't agree with you. Malachi chapter one, verse six is where we're going to (coughs) start. It says this, it says in the new living translation, the Lord of heaven's army says to the priest, a son honors his father. And a servant respects his master. If I am your father and your master, where are the honor and respect that I deserve? This is God speaking to the people of Israel. And not just to the people of Israel, but to the spiritual authorities of Israel. He's talking to the priests. It goes on and it says, you have shown contempt to my name. But you ask, how have we ever shown contempt to your name? The word contempt here. It simply means the act of despising or lack of respect. We show lack of respect to God's name. And it's not... So it's talking to the priest in the Old Testament. And the the priests in the Old Testament were just a a group of ministers, a small group of ministers that were appointed to to lead the, the people of Israel spiritually. But in the book of Revelation, in the New Testament... Do you realize that God calls calls all believers priests and kings? And so this morning, I want to submit to you that this idea of showing contempt to the Lord's name isn't just a priestly problem in the Old Testament, but it's a people problem today. And so today we have to ask ourselves, how have we? And oftentimes, I think we show contempt to the name of God by dishonoring people. And not just by dishonoring people, but by dishonoring him. We use his names in ways that we should never use anyone's name. We blame God for the, every small thing in our life that goes wrong. When the Bible says that every good and perfect is. This isn't just a priestly problem of the Old Testament. It's our problem today. Now, I want you to understand this word, honor. And in order to do it, I want to attempt to to teach you not the words that are in Hebrew and Greek, but I want to teach you the meaning of the words in Hebrew and Greek. Um, The Bible is written in... Jewish people, the people of Israel, and in, in, in their language. And then the New Testament is written in, in Greek, Latin, and Aramaic, but primarily uh, it's it's in it's in Greek. And so um, I want to I want to tell you then the words for honor in in both the passage of Malachi and then a passage in Mark that we're just about to read. And the word he in Hebrew for um, for honor is don't need you don't need to know how to say that there's no really intellectual value in knowing how to say the word about i don't think unless you are speaking in hebrew to someone and you you need to do that you know in case you go to israel and meet a jewish person you want to talk about honor you know um, so the word about and then the other word is is the word i gotta find it word tamao, tamao, which again, uh, the Greek language that the Bible is written is actually considered a dead language. So um, again, there's not a whole lot of value in understanding how to pronounce those, but there's a lot of underst- there's a lot of value in knowing what they mean. And the words, what they mean in the original languages. is So I love the I love the definition of weight when it comes to honor. Because when you honor someone, you give weight to what they're doing, you give weight to their position, but don't get caught up in the position, but give caught up, get caught up in the weight of them being a human being. But then what I love even more about the definition of, of to give weight to is What is the opposite of honor? Somebody tell me. What's the opposite of honor? Dishonor. And so when we dishonor someone, what do we do? We take them lightly. And so to dishonor means to take lightly, and we take people too lightly today. We take the office of president too lightly today, including the president. We take too, we take politics in general too lightly today because of people in in political office and it doesn't here's the thing that you have to catch today is it doesn't have anything to do with them it has everything to do with me and how I look at them and it doesn't have to do with how they look at the office has what to do with me and how I look at the office and this isn't a political message this isn't about authority this isn't this isn't about about honoring authority this is about honoring all people We don't honor people anymore we don't honor babies we don't honor immigrants we don't honor we don't honor people and I think a big reason for that is social media you see when social media walked onto the scene honor went out the door because all of a sudden now I can see what my friends are doing every single minute of the day sometimes. And because I see what they're doing all the time, I begin to take them lightly. I'm a part of their life now. I'm familiar with them. I know what they're doing. And because I know what they're doing all the time, I don't have to honor them. That's just a small part of the problem with social media, in my opinion, when it comes to honor. I'm going to talk more about that in a moment. Let's look at what Jesus has to say in Mark chapter 6, if you have your Bibles. Jesus has a lot to say about honor, but this particular passage, he goes home. The Bible says Jesus left a part of the country and returned to his disciples in Nazareth, which is his hometown, Jesus of Nazareth. The next Sabbath, he began uh, teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed, and they asked, where did he get all this wisdom and power and such miracles? Now, here's what I want to point out. Their amazement wasn't wasn't, um, authentic. Can you sense, and you'll sense it in the next sentence, but you can sense the sarcasm that's being being said towards Jesus here. Watch this. They asked, where did he get his wisdom and power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter. The son of Mary. the, The brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. His sisters live among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe him. And then Jesus told him, A prophet is honored everywhere except for his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, catch it, because they dishonored Jesus in this situation, they had unbelief towards him. And because of their unbelief towards him, he couldn't do miracles among them except to place his friends his hands on a few sick people and healed him. Jesus couldn't couldn't heal people because of their dishonor. Jesus, who is God, goes to the temple. And I don't know about you, but in my eyes, that deserves a whole lot of respect. You better put some respect on it. Like, it's like, you like. Seriously, you do not get more honorable than God himself being in church talking about spiritual things. And yet these people are sitting here and they're going, who does he think he is? He's just, he's just Mary's boy. He's just, he's just a carpenter. Who does he think he is? And it brings me to the first thing about honor that I want you to see this morning, and that is this. Familiarity can cause dishonor. Familiarity can cause dishonor. If you're taking notes, write that down. If you're not taking notes, write that down. Familiarity can cause dishonor. A prophet is honored everywhere except for his hometown. So, why does that happen? Well, if I go home, which I don't really have a home, but if I go home back to where I grew up, people are going, Oh, isn't that Billy's boy? Oh, that's Billy's boy. I used to babysit him when he was little, I used to wipe his bottom. And by the way, this is why I respect my friends that go to churches that they grew up in to be the pastor there. Because they're trying to lead people spiritually that wipe their bottoms, like that's pretty funny if you think about it. But I know fr- I have friends that are leading people spiritually that wipe their bottoms, and it it is not for me. That's why I started my own church. That's why I started my own church. Like seriously, familiarity breeds contempt. Like that's true, and we be- when we become familiar with people. On social media, seeing everything that they do, we become familiar with them, and and we we tend to dishonor them as a result. We don't respect their opinion anymore. We don't even want to hear it. What I find interesting is that the first three letters of the word familiarity are the word F A M, fam, which is slang today to say family or friends. What's up, fam? How you doing? And so oftentimes, our family are the first people, our friends are the first people that we dishonor. The very people that we should be fighting for are the people that we're the first ones to fight against. And we dishonor them. We dishonor them. No, I'm not saying that familiarity is wrong. I'm saying that when our familiarity leads us to to dishonor, it is wrong. You see, because I believe that God wants us to be familiar with people. That's why we have small groups. We want you to get close to each other because we want you to share your secrets. But watch this. I think that Satan oftentimes convinces us to be dishonorable towards people so that we don't teach or so we don't share with them our secrets that God wants us to share with them. And our dishonor robs us of the freedom that God designed for us because we don't respect them, we don't honor them, and so we can't share with them anything that's going on in our lives. And our familiarity is good to share secrets, but our familiarity is bad when it leads to dishonor. And Satan is robbing every one of you because we're dishonoring towards each other. He's robbing all of us. He robs us every single, That's why God teaches us to honor our father and our mother as we're children. The second thing that I see about in this passage that Jesus is is, is showing us is that um, dishonor often happens when we're offended. Let me say that again. Dishonor often happens when we're offended. So these people in the temple, they're offended that Jesus would come in and would, would be teaching them. Bible says that they were offended. They were deeply offended and refused to believe him. Why were they offended? They were offended because Mary's boy came back home. And now he wants to tell us how to live. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, he's going to speak authority... Like he's my authority right now Again, I wiped his bottom Like seriously He's telling me what to do And they were offended by it And when we see someone's Opinion on Facebook That we disagree with We become offended by it So what do we do? (laughs) We type our opinion You're wrong And then what do they do? They type their opinion. Again, you're wrong. And it's just this giant dishonoring factory because we get so offended. But here's the thing about offense. It doesn't matter if I'm offended by you Or if I do something to offend you, honor is out the door. It doesn't matter if you did something to offend me. It doesn't matter if I did something to offend you. As soon as it happens, as soon as offense takes place, honor is out the door. Here's a story to tell you how. A couple weeks ago, I was talking about the heart, and we talked about King David. We talked about Psalm chapter 51 and how he wrote a psalm about Restore me a clean heart. Create me a clean heart, oh God. And the reason he did that is because he had done the abominable. He had had done some some terrible, terrible things. And um, I was thinking about King David. And and I remembered back in, in 1 Samuel chapter 24. 1 Samuel 24 is one of my favorite Bible stories. And it's a story about David being chased by King Saul. King Saul was the king. And he was he was chasing David to kill him. He wanted to kill King David or David because David wasn't king yet, but he was threatened by him. So he's trying to kill him. And so David is running in the wilderness, running, getting away from Saul. And he goes into a cave and he hides in the cave. And while David is hiding in the cave, the Bible says, and this is probably why it's my favorite Bible story, because King Saul goes into the cave to "Quote unquote," relieve himself. Now, why would he relieve himself in a cave? Usually, I just use a tree, right? But he uses a cave. He goes in, and and David is in the cave, and he doesn't know it. He can't see him. And David's David's army is with him. Some of the members of his army, and they're going, David, now's your chance, dude. Kill him. Like just like seriously. Go into the bathroom. Kill him. And David takes his sword, and he cuts off a piece of the cloak, a piece of the robe that belonged to King Saul. Saul walks out of the cave after doing his business, and David comes out to the top, and he says, Hey, King Saul, I had you. Here's a piece of your robe to prove it. I could have killed you. But how could I kill the Lord's anointed? And in that moment, we see the honor that David had. But later on in in 1 Samuel chapter 26, the same thing happens. This time, Saul is asleep. And, and, And David is with his friend Abishai. And he says to Abishai, or Abishai says to David, And David looks at Abishai and says, you know what? Grab his water jug and grab his spear and let's go. So they grab his jug and his his spear and they go out. And I love this part of the story because David goes before Saul and his army and he, he doesn't confront Saul this time. He confronts a guy by the name of Abner. You see, Abner was the guy that was supposed to be protecting the king as he was asleep. And he says to Abner, he says, Abner, you knucklehead, I could have killed King Saul, and the king, the Lord's anointed, deserves more than your had anybody that wanted to kill you. But if you have, you probably didn't want to honor them. I know I probably have some people that want to kill me. But I have to honor them. And you see, it amazes me that David honored King Saul, but then 2 Samuel chapter 11 happens. And the Bible says, at a time when kings went to war, David stayed home. And David didn't just stay home, but he went on top of his roof in a time of day that he knew he shouldn't. And he saw a woman bathing on her roof, meaning she had no clothes on. Bathing on her roof, she was beautiful. And he says, I like what I see. Someone invite her to the king's palace. What woman is going to say no to the king's palace? And so he goes and he, he gets Bathsheba. She comes to the palace. He seduces her. She gets pregnant and King David is going, oh, no. because Bathsheba is married to a man that is in King David's army by the name of Uriah. And Uriah had more honor than David because Uriah was at war when the king should have been. And Uriah is fighting the war because he had honor for the king. And David sends for Uriah and says, come home, sleep with your wife so I can pin the pregnancy that for the king but he has honor for his men because he will not go in and sleep with his wife he says how can i go and sleep with my wife when my men are out there fighting so uriah honored the king he also honored his other men but you know what it cost him it cost him his life because david says well i have no choice i have to kill him and I'm going, David, how can you honor King Saul one moment so much? The guy that wanted to kill you, and you, you didn't kill him because you had honor for him. And the next moment, you have a man that's honoring you, and you couldn't honor him. What happened, King David? I'll tell you what happened. David sinned, David offended. And what happens in my life, ladies and gentlemen, is I notice when I have sin in my life, I dishonor everyone. When I have wrong in my life, it is much harder for me to honor people. This this principle goes all the way back to growing up when I was in high school. If I was, and, and I didn't do it very often, but when I was partying or doing anything that I knew I shouldn't have, thinking back in high school going, how in the world do they know that I'm doing wrong? I'll tell you how. Because I was dishonoring. Not just to them, but to people. My attitude was way off. My attitude was different. And now I know that when I offend people, I dishonor them. And when they offend me, I'm often... I often have a tendency to dishonor them back because offense causes dishonor. So I want to give you three things about honor to conclude, to conclude today's message. The first thing about honor is honor begins with God, What I'm sorry, honor begins with what God says about others, not what I say about them. Honor begins with what God says about them, not what I say about them. You have to start with God. When you choose to honor God, you choose to honor others, not because of them, but because of him. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 says, and furthermore submit to one another. Let me, let me change that word if I can change scripture here. And furthermore, honor one another out of reverence to Christ. Because you respect God, honor people. Because you submit. And and submission is a lot more difficult than honor. And the Bible says to submit to each other. Because you have reverence to God. If you're not going to do it for them, do it for Jesus. Second thing about honor is honor. Honoring others comes with its benefits. Honoring others com- comes with its benefits. Think about this for a second. When other people honor you, do you hate them? <laughs> no, of course not. When other people show you honor and respect, don't you want to be with them? Don't you want to hang out with them? Don't you want to be friends with them? You're like Like nope, that kind of spooks me out. I don't want to be anything part of that. That's why I wanted to come to England and start a church. By the way, I want to change all that. But when people honor, like when people honor us, when people honor me, I, I want them on my team. Ephesians six two through three says, "Honor your father and mother." This is the first commandment with promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will li- have a long life on earth ladies and gentlemen we want to be around people that honor us because honoring people has its benefits if you're not going to do it for them and if you're not going to do it for Jesus then do it for you crying out loud, because it has its benefits the last thing probably my favorite point of the whole message today Honor is decided, not deserved. Honor is decided, not deserved. I'm going to make a choice today. I'm going to choose to honor people, regardless of their belief, regardless of what they've gone through. Regardless of what they have done, what they've done to me, what they've done to other people, I will honor them. I'm going to make a choice. Because my honor isn't deserved by them. I have to decide that I'm going to, no matter what. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 through 17. Last passage for the day. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority. Whether the king is is the head of the state, or the officials has been appointed, for the king has sent. So, so time out. Both the president and other members of his 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 cabinet, the Congress, Senate, all of that, both deserve honor. That's that's what this verse is saying. Verse fourteen, for the officials that he has appointed, for the king has sent them. To punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence the ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Don't use your your freedom from God as an excuse to sin. 17. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Notice, love the family of believers. The writer Peter is pointing out that oftentimes, again, the ones that we don't respect the most are our family, the people that we're familiar with. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the kingdom. There are things that we have to honor according to God's word. There are things that he specifically tells us to honor. And we're not going to look at the scripture for each one of them. But I just want to point out that the first thing that God tells us to honor is our authority. First thing. Now, that's not just authority. That's that's our government authority. We talked about that. That includes police officers. And we live in a culture that doesn't honor authority anymore. That doesn't mean, like, we don't honor authority, period. We say that the authority has to, has to deserve the honor that we give them. But again, honor is decided, not deserved. We don't honor authority anymore. It's a big problem with our world today. That's the government authority. That's your work authority, your boss. I'm sorry. you have to honor them, according to the Bible. That's your school authority, kids. When you're at school, your teachers, your principals. Honor the authority in your life. That's also family authority. And not just mom and dad, but people in your family that have gone on of your family, respect your family name, honor your family name, we we used to tell our kids, and we, we still do every once in a while, but we, we teach our kids, know who you are, you are heralds, that are called by God, to be his messengers last name means honor your family authority and honor your spiritual authority and I'm not going to talk about that one because I don't want to seem self-serving but honor your pastors honor the people that you look to spiritually then the other things that we're to honor not just authority but honor age Respect your elders, kids. Honor those that have gone before you in other things, seen things of life that you've never seen before. Honor nature. We are to honor God's creation. We are not to worship God's creation, but we are to honor God's creation. There's a balance. And last but not least, certainly not least, we are to honor God in all things because the honor that we have for everything else flows out of our honor for God. Period. It flows from our honor from God. When we can find a way, when we can understand how to honor God, we will find a way to honor people. We live in a world that not only says that you have to agree with me, but you have to earn what I have to offer you have to earn my respect, you have to earn my love, you have to earn my honor, you have to earn everything that I give you. And so oftentimes I think we take that to the level of God and our view of God. And I think that we we, we take that, that earning thought two different ways when it comes to God. We look at it like, like, God, you have to earn my worship, you have to earn my honor, you have to earn my faith. You have to earn my trust. And we look to God and we say, God, you have to earn what what you want me to give you. Ladies and gentlemen, God has already done everything that he can to earn everything that you have to offer. If if God's not earned everything that we have to give him, then nobody has. But what happened That we, he does things the way we think he should do them. Ladies and gentlemen, if God did things the way I thought he should do them, then I would be God and not him. Whew. The Bible says in Isaiah 55, 8, that his ways are far beyond my ways. His thoughts are far beyond my thoughts, declares the Lord. His way, I cannot understand because I am not him. And because I am not him, he cannot do anything to earn what I have to offer to him. But the the opposite side of the earning coin is that we often think that we have to earn what he has to offer us. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that God is a fair just God and he says to us that because I don't have to earn yours you don't have to earn mine and that's the best news because I don't know about you if I had to earn anything from God, I would never get it. I would never obtain it. But I don't have to. Because God gives it to me freely. The love that He has for us. The Bible says that that in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that He gave his only son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him, not that so whosoever works to get what he has to offer, but whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Ladies and gentlemen, we do not have to earn God's love for us. All we have to do is believe. Would you, do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet every head bowed, every eye? Maybe you're here this morning and you've been trying to earn your way to heaven. Stop trying to earn it. You'll never get there. The Bible says that even the devils and his angels believe God, what separates us from the devil, and that is the devil and his angels do not trust in God. So the question I have for you today is not do you just believe, but do you trust him? How many of you here today would say, Pastor Adam, I want to trust God today with my life? I want to trust him with my life. Maybe it's the first time that you've ever trusted him with your life. Maybe it's it's the 20th time that you've trusted him with your life. Maybe it's the 100th time that you've trusted him with your life. Pastor Adam, I want to give God my heart today and trust him. Thank you. If you raise your hand, I want to invite you. Sometimes in my own life I will sit there and I will say the sinner's prayer, it's called. I will just I will just say it again, just to solidify my my belief in my heart that I have trusted God in my life. I have given it to Him. I'm a child of God. Would, would all of you do me a favor, would you repeat this prayer with me out loud? out loud say God I come before you I know I've sinned I ask you to come into my life to save me I trust you today in Jesus name I pray amen if you said that prayer for the first time I want to invite you to fill out the card and if you believed it in your heart and you really really want to trust him we want to help you with that we want to help you with that so just fill it out on the card on the back drop it off in the in the black box or or in our guest central the big high sign on your way out and just um, give them the high sign when you go by there you know. little rascals joke nobody all right it's a moment i understand it you don't expect the pastor to try to be funny in the middle of a moment i get it but just drop it off there and, and we'd, we'd love to follow up Today, and you're just struggling with honor. I want to, I want to say a, a prayer that God would help us to honor each other. If that's you, if you, if you, if you struggle with honor, are you, you people giving you honor or you honoring them? I just want you, as I, as I say this prayer, would you raise your hand with me? Say, as I, as I say this prayer out loud, say, I, I say, God. I come before you on all of our behalfs, and I thank you so much, Lord, that you have taught us how to honor people, that you have taught us how to love people, that, that when we don't deserve anything that you give us, we are wretched. We do not deserve you, God. You give to us freely. Lord, when we've turned our backs on you. You come before us, and you are faithful on our behalf. You are always faithful. And God, I pray that we would be faithful to the people around us. That you would help us to honor them, even when we don't agree with them. That you would help us to honor prayer team up here. If you have any prayer needs, they'd love to pray with you. Uh, Let's sing this song and we'll be done. Give God a hand today. Come on.